so awful. It's just like, how can you work in an icebox? Like, it's almost torture, right? I definitely snuck a space heater into my old job, but we'll not talk about that on the recording. (laughs) We're actually going to kick off the recording about that. Space heater in the (laughs) office illegally. Um, Okay, here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And today in the studio, I'm joined by Taylor Hebel, the Chief Marketing Officer at Hope for Haiti. Hey Taylor, how are you? Hey Noah, good. Thanks so much for having me in the studio today. Absolutely. And I'm excited to get in. You know, we've we've known each other for a little bit uh, and have been following your journey at Hope for Haiti and just the impact that you've had on that organization and their growth. And so we want to dive into some of those campaigns. Before we do, I would love to know what the first marketing or brand campaign that really made an impression on you was, whether it was when you were a child or early in your career. Yeah. um, So I wouldn't say that it was necessarily the first one to like really make an impression. But what really stands out when when you kind of shared this with me ahead of time, what really stood out in my head was um, the first thing that made me really want to work in marketing. And it's so cliche, but um, it was when Mad Men came out in 2007, which was shortly after I graduated high school. Um, I had never heard of an art director before. I had never heard of a copywriter before. And I just saw Peggy Olson in that show and was like, that is going to be me someday. And um, yeah, here we are. Not really in the advertising space anymore, but definitely in marketing. <laughs> so inspired by Mad Men. I think many others listening <laughs> and were either rejuvenated by Mad Men or maybe turned off <laughs> by yeah. Mad Men era, being reminded where our industry has come from. Uh, but now you're in purposeful marketing. You're in marketing you know, for good or marketing uh, kind of for a nonprofit. How did you squiggle into that? Obviously, you want to go into marketing, but why nonprofits and what was that journey? Yeah. Um, so for most of my my adult life, I've been involved with nonprofits on the volunteer or the board side before coming over to work full-time in it. Um, I was president of the Junior Women's Club in my town. I was on the charitable committee at my corporate advertising job, and I attended a lot of events, one of which was actually Hope for Haiti's uh, 25th anniversary gala. Um, and 2016 to 2017 was a pretty difficult year for my family. I had one grandmother who died of glioblastoma in December of 2016, and then another from pancreatic cancer just a few months later. Um, and it was honestly like a bit of a crisis of faith. I'd been working at the same job for seven years in the same town I grew up in and corporate advertising, which is pretty cutthroat. And, you know, both of my grandmothers were really service oriented and my partner was also active duty military at the time. Um, and so I knew I wanted to move into something that was a lot more impactful and in the public sector and kind of make it my career. So, um, I kind of put out some feelers. Uh, Hope for Haiti heard that I was looking to move into it. We were already familiar with each other because, like I said, I attended their events. I interviewed, um, got the job, put in my two weeks notice right immediately after that, and I never looked back. And it's also incredible because you didn't start as chief marketing officer, right? You've kind of grown up in the organization. (laughs) So talk to that because there are probably other marketers or people in marketing listening to this that are earlier in their path than you are. Um, But what was your journey to the chief marketing officer role at Hope for Haiti? So Hope for Haiti had actually never had a marketing department before or someone really dedicated solely to the marketing space. Um, and so it was a bit of a culture shift for our organization. 
position and I did not enter in a marketing role. Um, this was one of those times where I took a step down in title um, in order to come over to an organization I, I really believed in. Um, I started as a donor experience coordinator doing a lot of database work. I had never worked in databases before. Um, <laughs> Skylar, our CEO, and Stephanie, our CDO, who was my, previously my boss, we like to joke that I was probably the worst database manager in the history of the organization. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they had a they had a role to fill, and I was looking to I was really looking to make that change. And um, Stephanie, when I interviewed with her, said to me, "You know, we don't have a marketing role, but we are about to be coming up on our 30th anniversary, and we're going to be rebranding. Um, like, I really feel like you'll be a good culture fit at the organization. Like, if we're able to give you marketing work and let you take over that stuff, would you be willing to?" to come and try to figure out the other stuff that you don't know how to do that, you know, is not in your wheelhouse. And I said, like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, and so, <laughs> um, yeah, started as donor experience coordinator. Um, a few years later, after the success of um, some of our campaigns and um, the rebranding, I became marketing manager, um, which I was for about a year until I got promoted to director of marketing. And then, this year, yeah, um, chief marketing officer. It was a big surprise. Uh, there were some tears and definitely some champagne to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and rightfully so. That's an, a wonderful path and probably encouraging to many of our listeners on, you know, maybe marketing isn't even a department at your nonprofit or your association and you're kind of doing marketing, but you don't have that marketer title. And I think that's so that's much more common than like, oh, I'm a marketing manager at this nonprofit. It's like, no, you're like something else. And you do marketing. That's how my journey was as well. Yeah. Where I yeah. was like a program, assistant program director, then the program director. But everything we did was building purposeful connections with our audience and our supporters. And then digital came around and it was like, well, who knows digital? You are the younger people in the organization, figure out digital. And then I was like, okay, now we're going to create a digital department, but still not marketing, just digital. And it was everything. And then that slowly turned into social and marketing. And now they have a whole, you know, director team of marketers at that nonprofit. Um, so it's interesting to see the evolution of marketing in nonprofits. Have you observed that in other peers where marketing is getting a more prominent seat at the table in nonprofits nowadays? Or is it still we have we have a ways to go? I think we still have a little bit of a ways to go. And I think it comes down to um, there's so much gray space between marketing and development and nonprofit work. Um, and they really have to go hand in hand. And so I think you see a lot of people who are doing marketing work on development teams. Um, and maybe the leadership hasn't caught up to or have the capacity to or the funding to, you know, kind of separate it out into its own department yet. Um, I, but, you know, I think it's great. I, I like to think that everyone on a nonprofit staff is development because anyone should be able to sell the organization to a donor. And in the same way, everyone is marketing as well. You know, your staff can, this, your staff are some of your best spokespersons for, you know, for the work that's being done. Um, so I do think it's really important for everyone at a nonprofit organization to be, to be trained in like talking about the organization, talking about the work that's being completed and, and being comfortable enough to, to talk to donors and, and talk to the general public. Um, so I do think we have a little bit of ways to go, but um, I am seeing more and more of these marketing roles come up and more and more of a delineation between um, development and marketing, which I think is good because um, if you have more people working on it, in a lot of cases, obviously at, at a certain point you get into like red tape and, you know, things are slowed down. But in a lot of cases, you know, upping staffing like that you're going to increase the organizational capacity and more 
donations are going to come in, you're going to be able to do more programs. Yeah. And I want to unpack your personal experiences with this, though, because what I gather is you said as a director of marketing, you worked for the chief development officer. That's and correct. now as CMO, do you report to the CEO and now in partnership as a peer with the CDO? That's correct. Yep. So, And how does that relationship work? I'm curious, how does that relationship work today between the CDO and the CMO? You know, we like to think that we're kind of two sides of the same coin. I still handle, um, you know, a lot of development work on my side. I, um, I still handle a lot of the online giving and online campaigns just because they are kind of marketing and in that space. Um, so we really work very closely hand in hand um, on all of our, all of our big initiatives. Um, and it's been a great experience. And, um, the two of us work very well together, which is why I think this transition has been so easy, um, is that, you know, she was the one who really um, kind of pushed for my growth within the organization and saw that in me um, and was a great mentor in those early days at Hope for Haiti. Um, and so it's it's truly actually been a, an awesome experience working together on it. Um, she, myself, and the CEO, Uh, kind of meet once a week to think strategically about what's going on in the organization, what's coming down the pipeline, uh, and where we need to be focusing kind of our campaigns and efforts on. And we haven't run into any issues with it so far. So I I think we've got some pretty smooth sailing ahead. That's excellent. That's exemplary because I know there's uh, occasionally tensions between those two teams. And it sounds like there's opportunity to collaborate more if you choose to, which you guys did as peers uh, because of the relationship you had. But there's so much power in that. Yeah. Hope for Haiti is a small organization, too. So I think that that is where that kind of ease of transition happens and where that ease of relationship, I can understand maybe in some bigger organizations where people aren't wearing multiple hats all at one time, where there might need to be kind of a stricter stricter line between it. And it might be a little harder to work, you know, in tandem with each other. But, you know, like I said, I started in development and I started doing marketing and development at the same time. So it's just kind of been the natural evolution of how our two departments have worked together. Yeah, that's wonderful to see. And like you mentioned, I'm seeing it more and more as we talk to nonprofits where they do have either separate roles or they've elevated marketing to the leadership table even as a discipline overall. So maybe it's communications and marketing or membership and marketing or something where marketing is sitting there, you know, having an equal voice at the table. And what we believe here at Feather is that that was going to have huge impact on growth, but also impact. It's like marketing is mission. Like it is part of the mission is to communicate about what you're doing and the impact that you're having. Hey friends, Emily here from Feather, taking a pause from this stripped down conversation to share a quick story. The International Justice Mission, or IJM, is a global nonprofit with a mission to end childhood slavery in our lifetime. Each year end, IJM runs a holiday gift campaign that gives supporters real life stories of the impact a gift can make. But as another year drew to a close and goals got bigger, the IJM team decided to partner with us to level up their digital campaigns. IJM used Feather's nonprofit marketing platform and support from their Feather co-pilot to launch multiple campaigns around the web to expand their reach to a larger audience. The result, they brought in $109,500, the highest amount they had ever received through digital ads. By meeting their donors where they were, IJM was able to close out a difficult year with a big win. Feather is trusted by nonprofits of all shapes and wingspans, from the arts to animal welfare and everything in between. Don't rely on magic this year end. Use Feather to streamline your digital marketing campaigns and exceed your goals. 
Learn more and get started today at feather.co. That's feather without the last e dot co. Here on Unplugged, we like to get into the weeds. And so I would love to have you share a marketing initiative, strategy, or campaign that really outperformed expectations. And what did you learn from that that you're pulling forward? Yeah. Um, so I'll start off with with this one. And I know I've talked to you about this campaign before, but um, we've learned so much from it over the past five years that I do think it bears repeating. Um, but our, our annual Hike for Haiti campaign, which we started in 2019, our organization had never really been focused on small donors, had never really done a peer-to-peer campaign before. We'd never really done anything in the virtual space or in the fitness space. Um, so it was kind of a whole smorgasbord of new things to try. Um, and uh, we decided to just kind of pilot it, see how it went. Um, that first year, it raised about $10,000, which was uh, about the same as what one of our smaller kind of young professionals events, uh, local events was focused on, um, that it would raise every year was a pub crawl. So we're like, okay, it made as much as the pub crawl, but had significantly less uh, expenses and was virtual so anyone could do it. Let's try it again next year. And now it's raised in total over over four years so far, about $600,000, and we're rolling into the fifth year. And through those five years, we've learned so much um, how to use streaming software like OBS. I got lessons from a video game uh, streamer, which was awesome, um, how to produce a show, how to podcast, and um, just met some incredible people along the way, like our ambassadors. And we've taken those lessons learned and um, kind of that dedication to pilot projects uh, into so many other things, whether it was building a VR application. So we were one of the first nonprofits to really have a full VR application on Oculus headset, Um, adopting crypto and NFTs as revenue streams, building out larger scale Giving Tuesday and year end campaigns. Once we did it with the hike, we knew we could do it for Giving, Giving Tuesday and year end. Um, and I'm really excited for what we're working on this year in the influencer engagement and stewardship space. Um, we have some really exciting things coming soon that, you know, I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, I love that. It's it's interesting that, you know, there's this whole like crawl, walk, run, and you literally went from a pub crawl to a run. And I've continued to see uh, <laughs> incredible success uh, in doing that, where you said, hey, we have this thing that we were doing that's fine, um, but how can we rethink this and reimagine this uh, to give it? new life, but then learn through that. Are there other things that you've piloted or tried that have fallen flat? You know, usually there's more scraps on the floor than success. And what have you learned from those? I love the way that you phrase this question, because just because something like fell a little flat or didn't meet expectations doesn't mean it failed, because you still learn something from it. And that's so important. Um, you know, you're not going to grow and have greater success later on if you don't have those learning opportunities. Um, and we've had a couple instances and as great of a success as the hike has been, it also fell flat this past year. Um, the exact wrong time to be doing a virtual event is right when everyone is excited that the world is opening back up. Um, and, um, you know, this, the hike this year, we had expected it to be our biggest yet, but people just weren't interested in virtual at the time. And it was also shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine. And so donor attention was rightfully elsewhere. Um, We also had our first like really big NFT project, unfortunately dropped right after the crypto crash. Um, So something that we had been investing a lot of time in and preparing for, um, just bad timing. Is the project bad? No. Is it the right idea? 
funding really incredible things? And have we since seen success from it um, after that original, you know, launch fell short? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that time, that timing was just terrible um, and not something that we could have helped. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes you just need to be nimble and, and roll with the punches. And, um, you know, after we had been expecting, you know, this to sell out very quickly, all predictions had, leaded, had leaned that way. Um, and it, it didn't. But since then, we've um, done some art shows. We have another one coming up in LA in December that I'm really excited about where it's out of space where you can see the NFTs on the wall and there's um, artists that are actually going to be there as well. Um, we're also um, going to have some of the artists of the NFTs at our event in New York City next week so people can meet the artists, see the NFTs um, and purchase there or purchase physical artwork as well. Um, so just finding those kind of interesting and innovative ways to, to try things. And then if it doesn't quite go the way you're hoping it to, it ho- you're hoping it will, like just pivoting again and piloting something else and, and going from there. And, and we've seen great success from that over the years. Yeah, I think it, I want to highlight what you said about timing. It's not always the idea or the execution. It can just be timing, you know, yeah. whether it's the news cycle or a market crash, all of those things impact and you can't control them. And so you can only control so much, but also not to chop it up as a failure, but rather a learning opportunity. And so I love that, Taylor. Thanks for highlighting that. We talked about successes. We talked about failures. You also talked about some of these new ways nonprofits can engage with their constituents, whether you mentioned crypto or NFTs or VR. What else is exciting you right now in nonprofit marketing? Or where are you like, you know, energized by what's possible as we head into 2023? Well, first, I think tough times breed innovation. Um, And, you know, these are some tough times right now. Inflation is really intense. We're seeing these more in worsening natural disasters. There's so many good causes working to solve big issues. There's a lot of competition and challenges right now to get donors to pay attention to your organization and to donate. Um, so I'm really excited to see how our industry continues to push and innovate. Um, on our side, I'm really excited about VR um, and um, and the metaverse. I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg's getting a little flack right now in the news for it. But for those of us at organizations that um, cannot physically bring everyone with us to the impact in person. We cannot take everyone to Haiti as much as we wish we could. Um, this kind of provides a, a hands-on way to, to, interact with the, to interact with the impact and, and get to see it um, in a very kind of real um, experience. Uh, and so Sarah, our Director of Innovative Philanthropy, has worked um, over the past a little over a year on um, year or so on our VR app. We launched it um, and it's been nominated for AWE's Augie Awards. AWE is kind of the um, premier XR and VR conference, uh, global conference. It's been uh, nominated twice. It's made it to the finals once. Um, and we're really excited to keep kind of innovating in there and keep improving the app now that we've had so much great feedback from people. Um, so that's that's one that I'm really excited about. I also think short form video is huge. Um, and with short form video, you can also go um, a lot more into the um, like Snapchat has done some cool stuff with AR too. I think AR and VR and kind of that Web3 space as well are, are really interesting. Um, I do not understand them fully. <laughs> I am not the technical Neither do person. I. That's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, we can yeah. make some recommendations. <laughs> um, but 
I think it's so cool, um, especially, you know, if we ever have, God forbid, but like if we ever have another time where people are stuck in their homes again, being able to ha- find these ways for people to connect while physically separated, I think it's huge. Yeah, just the fact that you all have someone with the title Innovative Philanthropy is just encouraging uh, because it, as you mentioned, like tough times create innovation, but also intentionality creates in the innovation. Like someone's job is to innovate and that's hugely impactful. The other thing you mentioned about AR and VR to me is in some ways what the internet did to education, where it democratized access to education, because you can go learn anything on the internet, really anything. So it said, hey, we're going to democratize information, which democratized education, at least access to learning. Maybe education is the wrong word, but access to learning. VR and AR, even though there is a uh, barrier to entry still today, it's on the path to democratize experience. And I think that's what's always excited me about that space. And you mentioned that as well as like, hey, not everyone can travel to Haiti to see this, but this virtual thing can democratize that and give that access to that experience to more people. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that continues to evolve as so much of nonprofit marketing or even marketing for for good is is about connecting with your supporters and bridging the gap to your story. And this idea of immersive experiences can do that so well because you're actually embedding them in the story and giving them that opportunity. So I'm, I'm also equally excited about all of that. We'll have, to, we'll have to get you in our app sometime so you can experience it. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd love to. So moving away from Hope for Haiti, you guys are doing a lot of innovation, a lot of awesome things. You're pursuing interesting channels and ways to connect with your audience. If you would step out and maybe you were asked to advise a marketing manager or digital strategist at a nonprofit that maybe isn't as far as you all, what would you encourage them to focus on? Or what are the two or three tactics that you would make sure that they have shored up before they focused on maybe anything else? So I briefly mentioned it in the last question, but short form video, I think is huge. Um, We're seeing all of the social media networks and channels um, really prioritizing that content. Facebook now has Reels. Um, TikTok continues to have its user base grow. Instagram is is trying to steal those users back. Um, I think that content, um, being able to to put out those short form videos, is huge. It's something that we're not doing 100% correctly yet at Hope for Haiti. We're still shoring out kind of that that strategy, um, but the future is definitely video. I think, um, and I'd also advise if you're focusing on video to make sure that your video is accessible. So making sure to have caption, closed captioning on it as well, because one, um, like, like you just talked about with VR, you know, democratizing, you know, the opportunity for learning. If you're putting out content, you should make sure it's accessible to everyone who wants to engage with that content. Um, so I think closed captioning is huge on there too. And all the channels make it really easy to kind of automatically do it with a button. You just kind of have to review the closed captioning. Um, but that was something I didn't really know uh, until we started getting into that space more. And that's like a whole other you know area of learning that I think is is important for marketers to, to consider is making sure that your content really is um, accessible to all. Next, storytelling. You mentioned that too, um, but I think it's something that's sometimes easily forgotten. Um, you have a photo and you want to put out the photo and you want to say that you're doing this great thing, but um, it's better for someone else to talk about what you're doing than for you to talk about it yourself. So getting that beneficiary story, getting that testimonial um, 
getting it to be making it feel authentic and sharing that kind of direct impact with your donors is huge, especially if you're working at an organization like ours where the impact is, is, you know, a a plane right away. Um, You can't, you can't easily go interact with it in person. And then audience engagement, it takes a lot of time. I know. (laughs) Um, And if you have, if your departmental capacity is low, um, you know, it can, that can be an easy thing to drop off. But people want to feel special and included. So if people are posting about you liking it, commenting on it, resharing people's posts, really engaging with them makes them feel special and makes them want to return um, and continue to share your message out to people, which then opens you up to an even larger audience. So those are the three things I kind of focus on. I realize that only one is like a true and tried like channel tactic, like focus on video. But storytelling and audience engagement, I don't think can be ignored either. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think it's helpful to be reminded of those foundational things like story and engagement, especially as there are more and more shiny objects uh, yeah. that can distract us. And as marketers, we're, we're, we're typically curious and explorers. Sometimes you have to come back to the core foundations and make sure you are reminded to focus on those first. I know for us, you know, we, we're a small team. So when you're going after, you know, the next big and shiny thing, sometimes those smaller ones can, can feel like, oh, well, I can just wait on that for a little bit. But you need that core audience. You need those people who are core engaged with your organization, with your materials, uh, so that when you have that big, bright, new, shiny thing, there's people that want to engage with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Outside of you and your team at Hope for Haiti, what other nonprofits are doing marketing well? Any specific examples that we can link to in the show notes for our audience? So I think BuildOn's donor communications model um, is really great. They send out updates to donors that connect them directly to the impact by sharing construction and impact updates about the schools that are being built. So if you donate to one of their schools, uh, school construction projects, you're going to get regular updates about it with photos. Um, We've worked they're one of our partners. We, we worked closely with them on building several schools. And um, I always love seeing those emails come through my inbox because you're like, oh my gosh, there's progress. This is happening. I, I helped. And I also think Charity Water does a great job in the social and digital space. And I really admire some of the, some of the things that they're doing. We actually had Brady Josephson on episode one of the season. So um, if you haven't listened to that, go back and check out episode one. Brady Justin's the head of marketing and growth at Charity Water. So definitely get a deep dive into theirs. Um, and he said a lot of the same things you did, which was just like, hey, you got to try stuff, measure success and move on. So great reminder for that and a plug for episode one. Hey, I'm William Henry. I'm the content marketing manager here at Feather. And I'm here to tell you about an amazing resource we have available for those of you doing purposeful marketing, the in-flight briefing. Every Tuesday, we'll send to your inbox the essential bite-sized information you need to take your marketing strategy from sputtering along to soaring. We think doing purposeful marketing is fun. So even though we'll be sharing a lot of new ideas and linking out to some thought-provoking content, we're gonna make this briefing feel like the most important part of the flight, the snacks. We know you have many options when you fly, so we hope you'll consider joining us in the air. Subscribe today at feather.co slash inflight. That's feather without the E dot co slash inflight. Taylor, we really appreciate your time and your willingness to give of your experience, both the successes and failures. But if you're up for it, I'd love to do a quick lightning round as we close out our time. Yeah, in the studio. let's do it. So question number one is what book on or relating to marketing do you wish you'd read earlier in your career? 
I really like the Harvard Business School collection. They have some great ones on nonprofit marketing, on being a woman in business. That one in particular was uh, really enlightening for me. And emotional intelligence. Um, for everyone, I think the emotional intelligence piece is so important in marketing. Um, so I highly recommend that one as well. Um, uh, so much of marketing is psychology. Um, and so, you know, it's always good to brush up on that. Every guest we've had in the studio has mentioned psychology and that marketers <laughs> need to be in tune with that because it's, it's human behavior. It's how we think and decide and make decisions. And that's really uh, our role is to, as marketers, actually help people do what they want to do. Yes. Right? At least that's how I see it. So you're, you're, it's like buyer enablement or customer enablement or donor enablement and helping them see the path towards making the decisions that they want. So understanding decision-making processes is crucial. That's a great one. Great. Question number two is, what's your go-to marketing axiom? I don't know who said it first. Um, so I can't put it in quotation marks. I've heard it from a couple people. Um, but truly excellent marketing doesn't feel like marketing. Um, people don't want to feel like they're being advertised to or being marketed to. So be authentic. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Question number three kind of ties into a different side of inspiration. Obviously, you can learn from your own experiences. You can learn from others. But I think you can learn from things outside of marketing. So what three songs do you kind of go back to that inspire you or keep you going as you're doing marketing at Hope or Haiti? This is like such a hard question. I am a like voracious music listener. And so I don't know that I could choose three individual songs, but I have the three albums that I have on rotation right now. If that's okay, would that, would that be okay? <laughs> we'll have to check with the producer, but I'll, I'll allow it. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. What are three okay, albums? You know, okay, wait, I'll, 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 I'll pick three songs. Okay, wait, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Constraints create uh, inspiration. Innovation. So there inspiration. You go. Okay, there, here we go. Innovation and inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Ivy by Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is one of my favorite artists because she has a great name. Um, <laughs> let's see. Right now I'm really loving um, Noah Khan's Homesick um, off of his new album that just came out. It is super nostalgic. And Phoebe Bridger's Georgia. Um, it's a great song to have on in the background while you're working. Love that. Thanks for playing along and giving us those songs. <laughs> uh, question number four is really kind of, you know, you've been a great guest and I would love to know who you think is blazing trails in nonprofit marketing or in purposeful marketing and who you would like to see on the show. I love everything Dana Snyder is doing um, and how she's been growing in the space. I don't know if you've talked to her before, but she's awesome. Um, I love every kind of time I run into her at a nonprofit event. We always have really great conversations about trends and what's going on. Um, I also really admire um, Soraya Alexander, who's the COO of GoFundMe and the president of Classy. Um, she's given me some incredible advice as I've grown into my CMO role. Um, and I love seeing women um, like her advancing into well-deserved leadership positions. Um, more on the marketing side, I also really admire Sarah Adolphson, who's the co-CEO of the Artemis Agency. They're doing some awesome things in influencer and celebrity engagement uh, with nonprofits in that space. Um, so there's kind of three. I love it. Sorry, I always throw more than I always throw more than I'm supposed to in there. <laughs> That's all good. They're all great recommendations. I know Dana, Dana and Soraya really, really well, and look forward to uh, learning more about the other. So, yeah, always appreciate time with you, Taylor. You always help me think better about marketing, and I know our listeners today uh, got the same thing. So, thank you so much, and appreciate all of your work and the impact you have not only at Hope for Haiti but in the nonprofit marketing sector as a leader carving the path for what marketing should look like and the seat at the table they should have on leadership. So thank you so much, Taylor. 
Thank you so much, Noah. This has been so fun. I always love our conversations every time we have the opportunity to have one. So thank you. I've been, I've had Taylor's album on repeat for it's the entire so week. Good. So it's so good. It's so good. I've taken my little, um, I t- I've taken my, I have a younger sister um, uh, and I have taken her to every single Taylor Swift concert um, tour over the years. And so it's like our sister thing. And um, the newest album dropped the day before her wedding. Um, so we stayed up until midnight and had like a little listening party together with champagne the day before her wedding for this new one. That's amazing. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs>